going on, everybody? Doesn't that intro music just get you so damn pumped? Welcome to episode number nine of Trail Tales, a podcast where I, a through hiker and peak bagger, chat with other through hikers, peak baggers, and as of today, filmmakers about their experiences in the outdoors and on the trail. I'm super stoked to share today's episode. I mean, I'm always super stoked to share the week's episode, but I'm especially excited today because I have a great chat with Jonathan Tuts Meserve of the YouTube channel Trekking On. I've been following Tuts on YouTube for a number of years now, so I was very happy he was willing to do an episode on Trail Tales. And I'm also very happy to say that today's episode is about the Adirondacks of New York, a place I've hiked quite extensively, a place that's kind of removed from the Appalachian Mountains, the AT, and that sort of trail system. It's kind of a weird contrast there. I'm not really sure what that's about, but I'm very excited to talk about the infamous Northville to Placid Trail on today's episode. Once we get into the conversation, we give a very thorough rundown of what the trail is, but for now, all you really need to know is that it's about 140 miles long, and it just goes straight up the heart of the Adirondack wilderness. It took Tuts five tries, that's right, five tries before he was able to successfully complete a thru-hike of the Northville to Placid Trail. We get into what happened there, we talk all about why this short trail is so difficult, and finally, the sense of accomplishment that Tuts felt after he was finally able to successfully complete the trail. I'm just so stoked. It's going to be a good one. I love the Adirondacks. Okay, so we're going to get into the conversation in just a moment here. But first, I gotta say the same thing I say at the beginning of every single episode. That's right. Those of you that have heard different episodes of the show probably know what I'm about to say. That's right. I want you... To help me out by reviewing Trail Tales on iTunes or whatever your podcast streaming platform is. That's right, go ahead, leave a five-star review. I got a couple more this past week, but nobody wrote a message, which is kind of sad. If you want to leave a review and leave a message, I will happily read it out loud. A five-star review, that is. I will happily (laughs) read it out loud at the beginning of the next episode and give you the credit that you deserve. I would really appreciate it. It helps give the show more credibility because obviously I don't have very much credibility because I'm just kind of a goof. So that would really, really be cool. It'll help rank the show higher. More people will see it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I would really appreciate it. Go do that. I also want to plug my social media. That's right. You can follow Trail Tales on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Trail Tales Pod. I post a lot of pictures from my Appalachian Trail through hike and other hikes I've done throughout the years. So go check that stuff out. I'm also on email, because that's where all the cool kids are these days. That's right, trailtalespod at gmail.com. Still haven't gotten any email. Episode 9, still no email besides some spam stuff. So send me an email. Let me know what you think of the show, whether it's good or bad. I would love some advice or some shit talk. Let's get into it. That's right. Um, If you have any suggestions for future guests you'd like to see or trails you'd like me to cover i would really love to hear from you or even if you just want to send me a picture of your dog hiking or something like that i'll post it on instagram it'll be super fun everyone will love it and yeah send me an email please okay that's it enough rambling let's get into the episode 
with Tuts from Trekking On, Northville to Placid Trail Class 2018. I'm here with Jonathan Meserve, Mr. Trekking On, Mr. Tuts from YouTube. I'm super, super stoked to have you here today, John. How you doing? I'm well. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, man. So I kind of want to give like an introduction of how I learned about Tuts' YouTube channel. So when I was about 15 years old, I'm from Vermont, as anybody who's listened to the show knows, and I went on a day hike with some friends up Mount Mansfield, which is the highest mountain in Vermont, and uh, almost in the town that I grew up in, you know, right there, five-minute drive to the trailhead. And that was kind of my very first hike ever. Part of the route up the mountain that I took was on a trail called the Long Trail. And I kind of had some questions about this trail. I was asking some of my friends what it was, and they didn't know too much about it. But they kind of explained that it's like this long distance trail that goes, you know, the length of Vermont. And I was super fascinated by that. I ended up going on another hike a couple weeks later up Camel's Hump, another mountain in the area. And I saw my first shelter on the long trail there. And that kind of piqued my curiosity even more. And so when I got home from that hike, I pulled up YouTube as any millennial does when they're curious <laughs> about something. And I typed in Vermont long trail. And sure enough... The first video that popped up was Tuts's video, Tuts's series on his through hike of the Vermont Long Trail. Now this was, this was probably, oh geez, I don't even know, maybe 2011 or 2012 that I did this. Now Tuts, when did you actually make that YouTube series? When did you hike the Long Trail? Well, you're going back quite a ways now. That was back uh, in 2010 is when I hiked it. And then uh, it was in the spring, and then I began posting that film in a serial, because I used to do serials, um, in uh, August, I want to say. After the summer camp I worked at got out, I started to post all of that. And, um, geez, I want to say that's in 11 or 12 parts, I think, that series. It's been a long time since I've looked at it. So, Well, anyways, I found that series on YouTube and like I said, I really wasn't familiar with the long trail other than just kind of knowing the length that it went, I guess, just the fact that it ran the length of Vermont. And I watched the entire YouTube series. I, I honestly got to say that was a huge inspiration for me, a huge peek into the whole through hiking, backpacking thing. And it, like I said, it really inspired me to kind of go out and start my own journey on the long trail. I ended up doing it in sections while I was in high school. So over the, the next year-ish after I saw that video. Oh, that's great. Which ended up eventually spurring me to go on through Hike It Again, uh, this time in one shot a couple years mm -hmm. later, and mm -hmm. eventually go on to through Hike the Appalachian Trail. So Tuts, I'm just saying this because, dude, I'm super stoked that you were willing to come on here today. And uh, it's like, I, I don't even know, dude. I'm just... I'm super stoked about it. I just I just wanted to kind of give that introduction there to uh, let everybody know that I'm very familiar with your work. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited. But we're not here today to talk about the long trail because we are here today to talk about the infamous Northville to Placid Trail. It's yes. about 140 miles long in the Adirondacks. It runs from Northville, New York to Lake Placid, New York, hence the name. Tuts and I have both attempted 
thru-hikes of this trail. One of us has successfully thru-hiked it, which is what we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. And another thing that we're going to be talking about quite a bit is Tutz's new film. It's called Northville to Placid Trail, If At First. You can find it on YouTube. I'm going to post a link to it in the show notes. And everybody should go check it out right now. That's right. Pause this recording. Unless you're driving. In that case, you probably shouldn't check it out because that's dangerous. But, you know, go check it out. It's really good stuff. It will be out at the time that you are hearing this episode. And um, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about the trail. We're going to get into everything uh, about Tutsis through hike and some of his previous attempts to hike the trail before he actually was successful with it. Oh, the failed attempts. The failed attempts. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty excited to hear about that stuff, honestly. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a step back to start here, uh, a step back from the Northfield Placid Trail. And Tuts, I want to know, how did you first learn about backpacking and what made you decide that you wanted to share all these trips with the world on YouTube. Oh boy, how much time you got. Um, <laughs> so I first started, I got into backpacking in a very strange way. When I was a young kid, about 11 years old, uh, I was in the Boy Scouts, uh, like many backpackers uh, have been. And uh, I did not realize it at the time, this was in the mid 90s, but uh, you know, a thousand years ago when the world was flat and we used to go on daily mammoth hunts, it was fun. We uh, you know, I was with a bunch of traditionalist backpackers. And for those who don't really know what a traditionalist backpacker is, they have, they're the ones with the giant frame backpacks from the 1970s. Um, usually like, you know, Vietnam surplus type of deal. And, uh, you know, you load up your backpack with about 50 or 60 pounds of gear and then you go out, you know, and you have a first aid kit that's like an actual first aid kit that you'd find in an ambulance. You put that on your back. And I was an 11 year old kid and 70 pounds at the time. And I had a backpack that was infinity sizes too big for me, we'll say. <laughs> that was, you know, really heavy. I was probably carrying about 40, 45 pounds on my back, and I only weighed 70. So it was not a pleasurable experience. I'm surprised you managed to find your way back out to the trail after an experience like that. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, it was a long, convoluted path, if you pardon the term, that uh, brought me back to backpacking it was um it was the appalachian trail really it was um i started getting into it when my sister got me a guidebook to the appalachian trail it was a 2003 guidebook still have it it's the through hiker companion from 03 she was in college at the time she bought it for me brought it to me and i was amazed because you know it had all i mean you've probably seen it it has all the shelters and it has all the distances and elevations and everything i was fascinated transfixed by this the 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 thought of this journey of was 2175 miles at the time of course it's a bit longer now because they keep switching back in the south because they're lazy but uh you know i was so amazed by it that i was like i want to do this and as soon as i said i want to do this it sort of became a goal of mine sort of a pipe dream first and then it became a goal but more to your question as to why did i want to film this and share this and that i I don't really have an answer to that. I got a camera for Christmas the year before I, or not the year before, the, the, the Christmas before I left for the AT. And, you know, it, it, it was sort of the, it wasn't very early in digital camera, but it was, uh, a, I still have it. It's a decent digital camera for the time where it could also take video. And I thought, well, heck, this is amazing. I can take video. 
and YouTube was still relatively in its relatively in its infancy compared to what it is now. Uh, so I was like, well, I could just post these on YouTube and that would be fun. And so I just started doing that and I just never stopped really. You know, I've always been kind of drawn to your videos over some of the more recent, uh, especially like the Appalachian Trail and Pacific Crest Trail vlogs, because I, I just feel like I'm probably not going to do them justice by saying this, but they're just they're just more raw. They just strike me as more real, I guess. And that's not to say mm. that other YouTube uh, through hiking vlogs like aren't real. Like I'm, I'm not trying to start any shit there, but I, yeah. I don't know. This is just, I, I, I really can't place my finger on it. It's that they're definitely unique and they definitely stood out to me. And um, that's why I've been following for all these years. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of want to transition into the current film a little bit. Talk about the Northville to Placid Trail a little bit. Absolutely. So for those of you listening, Tuts attempted the Northville Placid Trail not once, not twice, oh, not boy. three times. I'm not trying to rub it in, and not four times, but five times, five times before he was successful. So I guess my first question on the subject of this trail, Jonathan, is what happened on <laughs> it's such a general question, but what happened on those first four attempts. Kind of take oh, me through them boy. one by one and tell me what happened and why you weren't successful those first four times. Well, anytime, it's it's a phenomenal question. It really is. Because anytime a thru-hiker is unsuccessful, you know, they blame all sorts of different factors that are external factors. But really, they're internal factors. Really, it's your will that ran out. It was your your drive to complete your goal, whatever it is. Most through hikers are these task-oriented people, right? It's like, I have a goal and I'm going to go out there. There's other types as well. But especially, you know, it's on the AT, it's a little bit different now. But most back in the day and, and most on all the other little trails around the country, most of these people are the task-oriented people, goal-oriented people. I am setting a goal and I'm going to go out to complete this goal. And, you know, the journey is, you know, an amazing part of all that. And it's really the experience of it. And there, again, there are many other types of thru-hikers, but that, what used to be the most common, especially on the AT, and now it's, it's still the most common, but not on the AT, on many of the other smaller trails. And my will on all those, if I am to sort of sum it up, my will on all those attempts kind of ran out. The first one was actually when I hiked the New York Long Path. When I did it was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> And I really mean that sincerely because the guidebook was was absolute garbage when it comes to being a, a, a usable um, guidebook for through hiking a, a long distance trail. You know, it's a 350 mile trail, if I remember correctly. So it's not a walk in the park. It's a long, particularly long trail. And uh, what I my goal originally was to finish the long path and then go right into the Northfield Placid Trail because you can sort of do some road walking. Yeah. Can't even Your really favorite say that. thing. You're gonna have to watch the videos to get that reference. <laughs> anyway, so I had you'd have to basically do it, an extended one of those things uh, to get to Northville and uh, at the time Upper Benson, where the trailhead used to be for the Northville Plastic Trail. And so I was gonna do that, um, and I got to the end of the long path, and I was just like, uh, "There's no way." I am going to continue this because I was so <laughs> destroyed from the long path itself, which was quite a journey. 
that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So that was the first like quote unquote attempt where I was like, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> second attempt, and this is sort of a quote unquote attempt, was um, I just finished working at a place called Club Getaway in Connecticut. It's a uh, like a resort for uh, adults on the weekends, kids during the week. Really awesome place to, to work and to play. And uh, so it was the fall. It was like early, early October. And I went up there. I drove right from the place in Connecticut, Club Getaway, all the way up to uh, Northville. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I got, you know, what I felt I needed to do it. And uh, I was packing up my backpack and I realized, where's my raincoat? What? Where? Where the heck You're is my... You're going to want that for sure. <laughs> Legit. Especially in the Adirondacks. Yeah. And it was a nice, like, North Face, like that first generation North Face sort of blue sort of really nice sort of raincoat right it's like way a step up from a poncho you know Mm -hmm. and uh i get to the i'm at the trailhead in upper benson looking for this jacket going what the heck where is it and so i can't find it so i call down to club getaway does anybody see my raincoat it was was, you know a couple people still there closing up shop have you seen it have you seen this thing they go well we don't know but you can come back and look which is like four hours from where I am. So I drive all the way back. Where is Club Getaway? It's uh, in Kent, Connecticut, on the border with New York. I know Kent, Connecticut. Oh, do you really? I spent, uh, I I kind of spent a night, I tried to spend a night there on my (laughs) thru-hike and ended up having to walk back to, I've I've told this story before, but yeah, I ended up having to walk back to the trail at like 11 o'clock at night, like five beers Mm. deep, just because... There was no place to stay, and I couldn't find a place to put my hammock up. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, there's, there's not much there in Kent, um, really. It's a beautiful little town, you know, if you're if you're going for a drive or if you're coming off the AT. But anyway, so I drive four hours back um, after driving four hours up, and uh, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. I cannot find it for the life of me. I'm, You know, it's a huge property. It's like 300 acres. Can't find it in any of the lost and found bins, so I'm like, ah, what the heck? Like, I can't do it. And at the time, I didn't have the money to buy another raincoat because I was just like right there. I didn't have this sort of system of making money uh, throughout the year that I have now. So I had to scrap the trip after being at the trailhead. So that kind of destroyed me. And then the third attempt was when I actually got boots on trail. And that's the one that I actually have a failed attempts film about. Where I went up there, I was on the trail for three or four days, starting in Upper Benson, and just mishap after mishap after mishap just broke me down. Um, I went the wrong way because of a, a you know poorly marked section that you can ask me questions about if you want. Um, <laughs> I do have a section on that. Yeah, my Walkman took a bath, and I can't sleep without my Walkman in, in the woods. I just can't do it. It's, you can't. It's a, uh, you can't sleep without your Walkman. What do you mean by that? Like, do you listen to like white noise or like how, like how do you use it to sleep? It depends on the night. Uh, sometimes white noise will do it. Uh, sometimes I just have to have like a basketball game on or a baseball game or music playing or okay. NPR or something, uh, just to distract me. Cause I get anxiety, uh, when I'm sleeping in the woods at night after all the thousands of nights, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe a thousand nights that I've spent in the woods, not just backpacking, but camping and working at different summer camps and such, you know, I still can't do that thing without some sort of security blanket that's, you know, and it's completely, you know, uh, a placebo, you know, it's not right, really doing right. anything, but it's, it may, it helps me sleep. And, uh, let's see. And then, <laughs> and then it snowed 
<laughs> so this was in um, November, if I recall, right? Yeah, early November. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, as we've learned this winter, snow in November does happen sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. That's like Tuesday right now, isn't it? <laughs> Happens all the time. So, yeah, and the snow wouldn't have bothered me too much because, the, you know, the old thru-hiker trick, trick of uh, putting Ziploc bags in your shoes, you know, my, uh, my wonderful uh, trail running shoes with the nice treads uh, that are not waterproof because, again, there's almost no such thing as waterproof, as I've said many times in my films. Um, you know, you put the, the Ziploc bags in your shoes and your, your feet stay pretty dry. So that wasn't bothering me. But uh, the loss of traction over the course of however many miles I was walking through the snow wrenched my knee a little bit over time. And I was developing this overuse injury. So this is right at the end of it. And after all those mishaps on that on this attempt, my knee was starting to hurt and it just broke my will after all the, you know, crud that I went through to get there. Right. Uh, I bailed out at Wakely Dam and was very lucky to get a ride from Wakely Dam. I was going to say, there's there's really not much up there. It's pretty much no. just a campground up, a, I think it's a dirt road or just a very remote access road. So yeah, that is that is pretty lucky. Yeah, it was dirt for a long time. Then it turned to pavement. Um, and uh, then I was able to catch a ride from a couple of hunters who were going in and I waved them down. They brought me to this... <laughs> They brought me to this older lady who could barely see and offered to drive me down to the <laughs> ranger station. And I thought, I've lived a good life. I mean, it's not a long one, but it's a good one. Why not? So I like roller coasters. So we went down there and uh, she almost ran off the road 20 or 30 times and, you know, maybe eight or 10 miles to the ranger station. When I got there, the ranger, younger guy, maybe in his early 20s, was like, you got to ride with her? Oh, my God. She's like going <laughs> to kill somebody. Hey, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. I lived. And uh, that ranger was super nice because he took me all the way back to my car. Oh, wow. I've, I've been incredibly lucky catching rides throughout the country when I've needed to. Um, it's just the nicest people all around the country that have taken me way out of their own way. Uh, just insanely out of their own way. I owe a lot of people a lot of thanks. Probably a lot of money, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the fourth attempt was last summer, actually. Where, and this is the dumbest one, this really is. <laughs> so, you know, I'm really close and I'm like, oh, it's going to be really close to afford this. I'm spending the summer up in Maine, my family's property. And I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to go do it. And I decided I'm going to get a bear, um, a bear can. Never had owned a bear can before. So I'm going to get one and I get one and it's, it's, it's a bit pricey. I get it. I get the trail map and I'm like, I'm really close. I'm really close. So I get the food and everything, and I stay at a campground. I'm like, all right, I'm going to head out tomorrow. And then the next day, I'm looking at my bank account, and it's below $100. And I'm like, oh, I it's just can't it. do it. <laughs> it's just, it's like, so I went back to, I went over to New Hampshire, uh, which wasn't too bad of a drive, and spent a week or so with my girlfriend at the time. So that was fun. Yeah, that was the four failed attempts. Well, like I said at the beginning, you're not the only one who has failed to thru-hike the Northville to Placid Trail. So oh. I set out in 2015. I was, let's see, it was right after my freshman year of college. I set out with a friend on June 1st, which anybody who's hiked in the Adirondacks, especially at the lower elevations, is probably cringing at the fact that I just said that. But 
<laughs> I was, we were stupid. Uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, we, we each, my friend and I, we each had a couple weeks before we had to start work and whatever, you know, yep. just finished our, our first year of college. And we were like, this is the time we have. We're just going to send it. And that's what we did. We got, <laughs> we made it all the way to the road crossing at long, uh, I think it's 26, I want to say, the, the road that goes into Long Lake. So we were only about probably two or three days max from the end of the trail. But Yeah, you were real close. It's, it's kind of funny because, so I don't know if you remember around that same time in 2015, the... The prisoners that broke out of Danamora prison, that maximum oh, security yeah. prison. So I was, so we were, <laughs> it, it's it's such a stupid story. I, I feel like such an idiot every time I tell this no, story. No, it's just, it's beautiful, man. It's wonderful. I love so, it. So we didn't have any cell service the entire hike up until our last night. We were about 10 miles south of that road crossing where we bailed. And yeah. for some reason that night, I can't remember the name of that shelter, but it was a really cool shelter. It was, uh, I think it was. One of the shelters on that lake after um, that uh, Lake Durant campground, I think it was. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the lake, but it's beautiful, beautiful spot. Did you? Was it the O'Neill Flow? Was it that one? I. It's not ringing a bell, honestly. No, that was before that. So, I, so. I, I. I can't even remember. But anyways, first night on the whole trail, I had cell service, right? And it's probably about five five thirty. We had just gotten to camp, kind of setting our stuff up, and I got a text from my mom that said something along the lines of. Just so you know, two dangerous prisoners just broke out of a, a maximum security prison in upstate New York. That's that's all she told me. She was like, just be careful. And I was like, okay, hold on a second here. Yeah, I, I was wait, like, upstate what? New York, that's pretty vague, Mom. I, I I don't think she really understood what the term upstate, upstate New York meant. I think she just yeah. thought it was like northern New York. But I wasn't really sure. I was like, okay, like where? Like, Can you tell me the name of the prison, Mom? Like, What's going on here? And I, I didn't have uh, any data at the time on my phone so like i couldn't google it or anything all i could do is uh, get and receive text messages and she didn't reply for like three hours so we're just there me and my friends we're like okay we know that there's a prison break somewhere in new york and my friend dan had taken a field trip to the danamora prison a couple years ago when he was uh, still in high school so he was like Okay, well, hopefully it's not the Danamora prison because that's a maximum security prison and we're pretty damn close to it. A couple hours later, mom finally responds. Uh, I was awaiting that text message the entire time. And sure enough, it is Danamora. At this point, I I think I, we were about 35 to 40 miles straight line south of the prison. So we yep. knew we weren't like immediately like in any danger there was no chance that they would be in our area you know right at that yep. moment but uh-huh. if we had kept going north then at some point and, and and they had gone south after they broke out you know yep. there was a very small but in our minds at the time very real i should say my mind i was freaking out about it more than dan was <laughs> sorry dan <laughs> um there was a, a tiny little chance that maybe we could run into them and that coupled with the fact that we were just getting our asses kicked by this trail by the mud and the bugs oh, yeah. like i said early mm-hmm. june oh, stupid the black idea. flies are a plague unto the earth oh yeah oh yeah and we just it, we also knew there was some uh, thunderstorms coming for the next like three four days so we knew the yeah. rest of the hike was going to be in the rain 
And that was that was kind of the final straw that pushed us yeah. over. We were like, you know what? We only live about two hours from the Lake Placid area. Why don't we just come back another time? So yeah, anyways, that's my failed attempt story. Uh, let's get back to talking about the trail a little bit more and uh, your experiences on it. I've got a bunch of questions written down here. Sure. I think uh, I think we should just jump right into them. So I guess kind of on that note of, uh, of the Northville Placid Trail being kind of a bitch sometimes, <laughs> I, I guess my question for you, Jonathan, is, okay, so on paper, the trail really doesn't look that difficult. You know, only about 140 miles long if you do that r- 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 road walk at the, yeah. the very southern end. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a long trail, and if you look at an elevation profile, it's pretty much entirely flat. There's one, like, I think your video said it was like 1,300 feet, uh, like one little climb, but the rest of the trail is completely flat. So mm-hmm. getting to my question here, why is such a short and flat trail so difficult? I mean, it's a very complicated question. It's It was vexing me that it was it was giving me so many problems but there's a lot of factors that go into first of all it's the mud like you said in in your failed attempt it's not quite as muddy as the vermont long trail or or the appalachian trail section that goes through vermont um but it's close and you're almost always in the lowlands you're following the rivers you're following the lakes um you know around the borders of the lakes and so forth so you're always in there's lots of beaver activity so there's a lot of mud wet feet you know they play into your your psyche, you know, your, your, your mental state, your positive attitude. Absolutely. And not to mention the, uh, the trail, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's not like the Appalachian trail or the long trail and that it doesn't really go over any mountains. Like I said, it's pretty flat. So most of the, uh, significant land features, I guess, are ponds and lakes, which obviously just contribute even more to it being such a wet, muddy trail. And it's, it's the bugs as well. And one of the things I didn't uh, document in the film was the one day that uh, I was going through the Canada Lakes Wilderness where, you know, I was in there in July and that's the heart of the deer fly season. Now, I, I'm pretty used to deer flies in the backwoods of Maine and the uh, backwoods of New Hampshire, but I have never experienced deer flies like I did for about a day and a half on the North Delta Placid Trail in July. Normally, you go out in the woods that time of year, and there might be, you know, six or eight or 12 deer flies buzzing around you. And, you, you know, you wear a shirt. They don't usually bite you through your shirt or anything. You're pretty good. When I was on this trail in the Canada Lakes Wilderness, there were probably 30 or 40 deer flies. And deer flies, they're, they're not quite as large as horse flies, but they're decent-sized bugs. And they got yellow a yellow back or tan-colored uh, back. And when they bite you... It hurts. And I mean, it really hurts. It makes you wince. It makes you jump. It hurts so much. And you can't just slap them because they don't die. You have to slap them and rub <laughs> so it pops because oh, it's like a demon seed. You know, it, you're not going to just hit it and have it die. You no. have to pop that sucker. You know, it's like a zit. You've got to pop that thing or it's just going to keep coming up, you know. And I'd never seen that many. And they were biting me through my shirt, my shirt that is supposedly an insect proof shirt, right? And I was, I was doused in bug spray and I had my head net on. I almost never go out in the wilderness without a bug net for my head, right? And they were absolutely assaulting me. They were biting me on my, the sides of my back, that little part where the backpack wasn't covering. So I couldn't even really get there with my hands to keep them batted away. 
So what I had to do to uh, combat that, I had a, um, a bug screen, like a bug net that I would drape over me uh, at night, sort of hanging up in the shelter, right? Like something you'd see over a cot, you know, in like uh, like an old Amazon rainforest film or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is, you know, make that into like a big, uh, like a like almost like a shawl, and drape it sort of around my back and then up over my shoulders and then down my back, and then put my backpack on over that, and that kept him off me and I was fine. And then about twenty minutes after I made that, I passed a dude. A bigger dude, younger dude, who had about twice the deer flies around him that I had oh, around geez. me, and he was having a hell of a time. I can imagine. And I was like, "Yeah, the bugs are pretty bad." Huh? He goes, "Oh my god, this is awful." It's like he was. <laughs> and the Canada Lakes Wilderness is the only place on that trail, as you probably well know, that you are far away. You're more than a day's hike away from a bailout. Point. Actually, so I was I was thinking about this at the time. I am pretty sure. That West Canada Lakes, that area is the most remote part of all of New York State because wow. West Canada Lakes is the most remote part, from my understanding anyways, of the entire Adirondacks. Uh-huh. And I'm just assuming that's probably the Adirondacks are the most remote part of New York State. Therefore, it's got to be the most remote part of New York State, right? One would assume. Um, I mean, there's no roads out there. And uh, it just takes you so long. The normal person, you know, if you're going deep into it, it's going to take you two or three days to get in there. For someone, you know, a, lo- a true long-distance backpacker who's like a speed demon, because as many, as I said, there's many different types of long-distance backpackers. Um, you know, you're going to get through it pretty quick, but it's, it's more than a day's hike for you know even your Herculean uh, through hikers. Um, and that's kind of a factor as well. So you have the mud and you have the bugs, and uh, it's rough. You know, there's a lot of sections where you're not getting a good stride in, and that wears on your conscience too, especially if you're those real task-oriented people where you just want to go, 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 but you're breaking your stride all the time. Um, you can't get a good stride in for a couple miles. That that wears on you too. It's, uh, yeah, it's, don't be fooled by the statistics about the trail. It's rugged. It's, uh, it's, it's just a tough trail for, uh, for how short it is. I know going back to the bugs thing for just a second, there was one point in the film where I remember you were, you know, you were just kind of holding the camera, uh, talking while you were yeah. hiking, and there was like a ten-second <laughs> clip where there was actually a fly literally on the yeah. lens of the camera. Fly. And usually, you know, I, I feel like it would just land and like fly away because I'm pretty sure you were moving yep. at the time. But I mean, that thing was uh, not intimidated. Mm-hmm. It stayed there for, like I said, about ten, fifteen seconds and uh, did not really seem to give a shit. So the bugs are absolutely relentless on that trail. I mean. I guess it depends on the time of year, yeah. but um, certainly in June, I can tell you they are, and it sounds like they are in July yeah. as well. Uh, I guess maybe I would recommend doing the trail in the fall if you have a chance, but I know that's not always possible based on people's schedules and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough trail for sure. One thing I kind of noticed or made an observation of while I was watching your film, Tuts, is it kind of seemed, and I don't want to put words in your mouth I guess but to me anyways it almost seemed like you were doubting yourself just a little bit at Always. times you know kind of talking about you know the struggles that you were having while you were out there and especially bearing in mind you know all your previous failed attempts to complete uh-huh. the trail so 
I guess my question is, you know, were you doubting yourself when things were going wrong out there? And did that kind of have to do more with your history with the trail or some other like external factor, I guess? Well, it's all internal. Um, like I was talking about earlier, uh, doubting myself is my default. You know, when I go out to a trail, it's just, it's always this, okay, this trail is however long. I'm going to make it to the end, but deep inside it's like, okay, this is going to be really tough and you might not make it. You know, you always have to deal with those things in the back of your mind, especially if you're alone, like I am most of the time, because there's nobody to tease you, like say, oh, you, you can't make it the extra mile today. Come on, you, you know, you, you wuss, just get going. <laughs> that sort of camaraderie can actually really help you to snap out of bouts of sadness or bouts of boredom or... A lot of people don't realize one of the hardest things for a real long distance lone backpacker is combating boredom. Because if you're doing 35 miles in a day, like I've done many times, you get so bored after the 20th mile and you still have 15 miles to go. You know? <laughs> so you have to, first of all, you have to like your own company. Uh, and I do sometimes and sometimes I don't. So there's a lot of factors as to like that that brings things like that that sort of mental aspect into it but yeah I'm, of course i doubted myself on, on many occasions but i think everybody does it at times but it's not my my whole the only real wisdom that i have for anybody in any social situation is that you're going to struggle you're going to doubt yourself you're going to think you're not worth it but you have to prove yourself wrong that's where strength comes in strength of character, strength of will to overcome the self-imposed barriers that you that you have. So kind of on this note of the mental aspect of theory hiking, this is something I've covered quite a bit in the show. I, I've, I've asked a number of my guests about this because it's honestly something I'm very curious about. It's something I took very seriously in preparation for my Appalachian Trail through hike. I've noticed uh -huh. on your, in, in your films that kind of mental struggle you seem to have, I don't want to say struggle, but, you know, focusing on the mental, <laughs> the mental aspect of your through hike uh, of whatever trail you're doing is something that plays a really big role in most of your films. So I guess I kind of want to ask mm. just from a fan's perspective, is that something that you kind of choose to focus your films on intentionally? Or is that something that just kind of comes out naturally and, you know, you just kind of capture it as you go up the trail? Well, my films are my way of expressing myself. That's really what they are. And I'm trying to have a conversation with the world about, look, this is the person that I am. And I'm doing it through the medium of something that I'm trying to accomplish, that I'm trying to become. And the story of the trail is important, but also it's, it's one paragraph in a larger... Uh, chapter in in my life, and I'm trying to tell that story of my perspective. My and that's really what it is. It's my perspectives, my views on life, and um, and uh, I tell it through this this medium of, you know, I'm a long distance backpacker, and I'm going to challenge myself and see what happens. The mental aspect of through hiking is just something I find so fascinating. I could probably do an entire podcast just on that if I uh -huh. wanted to get even more niche which I don't, but <laughs> I could. It's a, it's definitely a really fascinating topic. 
Um, do you have, I, I guess, you kind of gave a lot of advice there, but this is this is a pretty general question that I've asked most of my guests about their through hikes. Do you have just any general advice on how people can either prepare mentally before a through hike, whether it's a long one like the Appalachian Trail or a short one like the Northville to Placid Trail? Just any general advice about staying strong mentally um, in the face of adversity while you're out on the trail? Well, the first thing is don't overestimate yourself. That's the biggest thing. I have, you know, especially when I was, when I do the real long trails, like when I was on the PCT, there were so many people who were starting out that were grossly overestimating the amount of miles that they could do, the amount of gear that they could carry, and what the experience was going to be. Because again, it's, there are a lot of days where it's drudgery. Like you're getting miles in because you're trying to get from place to place or you're going to run out of food. Or you're trying, especially on the PCT, you're trying to get to the next water source or before you run out of water. So you're, you know, pushing and you're rationing and you're trying real hard to, to keep positive through all that. So don't overestimate yourself and don't underestimate the difficulty and the roughness of it. Uh, there was a guy in Big Bear, and I don't want to get too far off topic here, but there was a guy in Big Bear in California about to set out on the PCT. And I was happened to be going through at the time and we spoke for a little bit. And I saw him later on in the day. He had he had started back on the he had started on the trail further up than where I um, got back on the trail. And uh, I saw him, and he was about three or four miles into his hike. I was about maybe fifteen into mine. And I'm like, "How you doing?" He goes, "Oh, it's rough." I go, "Yeah, it is rough. It's incredibly rough." You know. And he was carrying you know fifty, sixty pounds on his back. He was a bigger guy. He's maybe hundred eighty pounds or so. You know, two hundred pounds, bigger guy, strong. And it's like, you know, go back to the hostel, explode your pack, figure out what mm-hmm. you don't need, come back, try it again, and lower your expectations of what you can do for now. Yep. And then you'll be fine. It's a, it's definitely a good piece of advice. Another piece of advice I would recommend is, I'm not just saying this to stroke your ego, but go watch Tutz's YouTube videos. <laughs> because like I said, like I said, there's a huge focus in pretty much all of his films on some of the things he has to overcome while he's out there or even before the trail, or whatever it is. I, one that just kind of is off the top of my head is the time you suffered from heat exhaustion oh, or heat stroke God. <laughs> on the Ozarks Island Trail. Oh, Jesus. And yeah, this just every single one of the films has a lot of good stuff in there about that. And uh, I think just watching that stuff would definitely be a useful tool for anybody who's preparing for a thru-hike, even if um, it's not a trail that Tuts has hiked. So... Uh-huh. On that note, I kind of want to go back to the Northfield Placid Trail before I stray too much here. Uh-huh. So one of the things that kind of stuck out to me when watching your film was the amount of miles that you were hiking. I mean, <laughs> it's not it's not uncommon for, you know, through hikers to be doing 20, even 30 plus mile days, depending on the terrain and the trail that you're on, of course. But I just got to ask, because <laughs> I know I know you unintentionally did a almost 40 mile day at one point. Yeah. But even, even, you know, that aside, the rest of your miles looked like they were pretty, pretty high. I would say, especially for someone hiking a shorter trail who, you know, hasn't been hiking for two months already and has their trail legs for say. So why did you choose to do such big mile days? Yeah. I was out of shape too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> awful, but no way. You can't do those miles if you're out of yeah. shape. There's like, no way. You should have seen, you should see me when I'm in shape. Ha ha ha. You know? <laughs> um, 
No, but I would, I've been suffering from injuries all throughout the, the winter and the spring um, because of a, a fall I took in a driveway. So I had a bruised bone in my knee, so I couldn't run. So when I say I was out of shape, like I was actually not in particularly good shape when I, when I left for that trail, for me anyway. And uh, yeah, but I was in shape enough apparently to do 20 plus miles a day every day. Right. But um, I kind of forgot what the what the question was again. Can you repeat that as I got off topic? Yeah, yeah. So I just I was just kind of wondering why you did like such big mile day, oh. uh, big mileage days. Like, was that like a plan from the beginning, or did you just, did you just kind of get out there and you're like, fuck it, like I'm just gonna, <laughs> like, send this shit. Like I'm like I've I gotta get back at this trail. Like I gotta finish. It. I don't know why why were why were you doing such big mileage days? Well, I always feel it out. I always do it by feel. It's like by braille. You know what I mean? Like. I'm sort of figuring out my body, figuring out my mental state, figuring out what I'm able to do in the time. And I go based on that. If I get to a shelter and I go, I, I can make it to the next shelter. Absolutely. Then I'll, then I'll do that. And uh, sometimes that works out really well. Sometimes I'm really struggling by the mm -hmm. end of the day. But uh, I've been very lucky in the fact that I very rarely get overuse injuries when I'm backpacking. And um, yeah, so with this one... I started out and I made it to 20 something miles first day. I think it was like 22 miles almost. And um, I just kind of went up from there. I think that was my lowest mile day on the trail. And I felt good. I felt strong. And uh, I was just like, all right, that's it. This trail is over with. I'm going to destroy this trail. It will go in my past. I will never <laughs> see it again. Just going to send it. Till the, end, till the end of the film, till I edit the film, rather. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just sheer tyranny of will, I think. <laughs> I gotcha. I think that definitely came out in the film for sure. Mm. Uh, it was clear that, you know, despite some of the things that went wrong on that hike, as happens with just about any long distance hike. Oh, yeah. You, know, you were... You were very determined to push through it, especially after all the failed attempts. Uh -huh. If I need to remind you one more time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I thought that was really good. So kind of staying on the topic of your specific hike itself, you, you did talk about this a little bit in the film, but just for, for those that are listening, I kind of want to know your first, I guess your first, um, physical attempt where, you know, where you actually yeah. set foot on the trail you know, you went northbound, you started yeah. in Northville, you were trying to make it to Lake Placid, uh -huh. and it sounds like your other attempts, you were planning on doing that as well. Yeah. I, I know that when I did it, I went northbound, so I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know for sure, I mean, I'm sure there's probably not any statistics on it, but just from my understanding, I think that most people generally will hike the trail northbound, uh -huh. but um, you decided you know, on this final successful attempt that you wanted to go southbound. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about why you made that decision? Well, I was going to do it northbound, um, but the only ride that I could get, and I have to do a shout out uh, to the person uh, that uh, gave me a ride. Her name is Danielle. And uh, because of the uh, experience that she had with me, and I guess with a couple other people as well, uh, doing shuttles, uh, she decided to start up a shuttle service. Oh, nice. Uh, Danielle Walter phenomenal human being. I got, uh, got a, the ride from her through the Northfield Classic Trail Facebook page. It's like the hikers Facebook page, kind of. Yep. And uh, I was like, hey, can anybody give me a shuttle? And she's like, absolutely. And she's got, <laughs> she's got a great character about her. She's got very strong character. And uh, yeah, um, 
she was going up that day anyway to the northern to the high peaks region and uh, she goes well i got a place for you to leave your car um and because i couldn't do it at the kiosk there was like a carnival that day and so i couldn't do it there but she goes oh yeah you leave your car here in front of my friend's house which is like half a mile from there and uh, i'll take you up there and drop you off and i'm like oh so uh danielle <laughs> seriously awesome thank you so much i owe you a lot <laughs> So it sounds like that decision was more based off of, I guess, convenience rather than trying to take like a different approach after, you know, the, uh, <laughs> to remind you again, the uh, yep. failed attempts before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was convenience and um, I was totally okay with it because it's like, well, maybe this is a good omen for me. Not that I'm particularly superstitious, right, right. but turned out to work. Hell Yeah. Another thing that kind of stuck out to me in the film, I watched it twice. Mm. I watched it last night, and I watched it about an hour, two hours before we started filming. And one of the things, like I was saying, one of the things that stuck out was the thing that you mentioned when you got to a point that you had previously had a little mix-up at. (laughs) That is the, I think you know what I'm talking about, the point where there was not a sign the first time you went through (laughs) it kind of threw you off and you ended up going about seven miles in the wrong direction why don't you just kind of explain what happened there and then i kind of want to transition it into a a broader topic something that you've talked about in other films as well of you know how important it is to have solid information you know in your guidebook and Uh your uh your maps and stuff so um, this, this oh God, <laughs> I, I don't. Hate, I don't mean to bring back bad memories, no, but <laughs> I got a slew of them. I want to know, but that's life, you know. You get on with it. Um, Absolutely. I. Uh, <laughs> so this was back when the the trailhead um, for a through hike was in Upper Benson, uh, which is near Northville, and it was only like 126 some odd miles the trail um, because the road walk was so extensive that they just didn't include it in the through hikes so they said oh it's a 126 mile trail whatever so about a mile and a half or so up the trail from upper bents and after a beautiful suspension bridge which as you know are everywhere on that trail and oh yeah amazing, quite a bit of them amazing to cross it's like the highlight of the trail is these creaky uh really unstable feeling but particularly stable uh in in objective truth <laughs> uh bridges and right after that, I got to a point where um, there was a blowdown in the middle of the trail, and you really couldn't make it out. It was a little bit uneven, and you couldn't really even make out the trail. My senses told me to look up to the right, just you know, your through hiker sense, right? You just you have it, and you go, okay, I think there's. A, and there was a blaze just on my right, it goes up a little hill, up like a draw, and uh, okay, there's the trail, blue blazes, and I just start going up. And seven miles later, I came out on a road. And I'm like, this road shouldn't be here. <laughs> this is not on the map. This is this. Something is wrong. Uh, let me just, and so I'm looking and looking and looking. I'm like, did I go this far and pass all these shelters? Am I hiking five and a half miles an hour? Probably not. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something's up. And there were no signposts at the time. There was nothing, there was no signpost at the road. There was no signpost at where I, where I took that right. So I didn't know anything. There's a little parking lot across, and I walk over there. There's nothing. What what um what year was this? 
2014, I believe. Because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that sign was there when I was going through in the spring of 2015, so you must have uh, just missed it. Yeah, um, funny story about that. I published that film pretty much right after I did it because I had very little footage because I didn't finish the damn trail. <laughs> um, and the Northfield of Placid Trail people got in contact with me almost immediately, and, and one of them did. Uh, I think it's Tom Women or something like that. That name sounds familiar to me. Anyway, he said, yeah, I've been on the rest of the, the crew for like three weeks. It's like, we got to mark this better. We got to put a signpost there, blah, blah, blah. You're not the first person to do that. And he was like, oh, he was like so like apologetic and everything. Uh-huh. But anyway, so I decided, okay, well, I didn't cross any pavement. And this is the first pavement I've seen since the trailhead. So if I take a right here and I just keep going in this direction and I keep taking rights, eventually... I'm going to head get back to my Jeep or I'll, right. I'll hit something where I can identify where I am. Turned out to be a good, a good decision. I was able to get to back to my Jeep within a few miles. Um, wasn't that far away from the trailhead. And, uh, I, <laughs> so I got back to my Jeep and I decided, okay, I'm going to sleep in my Jeep or wherever I slept. I forget where I slept and, uh, went back at it the next morning. And, you know, I went out. And uh, got to the trailer intersection, made a little piece of uh, film while I was there, and then kept going up that trail, up the the real way the trail went. And uh, yeah, that was the first. Actually, that was the second mishap on the trail. To be honest with you, in the first mile and a half. So I kind of want to transition a little bit more into the end of your hike. Now, this was you know the final few minutes of your film, where in my opinion. The, I, I don't even know, the, the part that stuck out to me the most, I guess, I mean, as you were kind of doing that last, uh, for those of you that don't know, the last, I guess it's only like four miles now. When I went through, it was still like 10 miles. I think they must have had another uh, reroute since I went through. Yes, but, yes, um, they did. Yeah. The official technical end of the trail is right in the center of Northville, New York. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, myself included, will just skip that section mm-hmm. we'll just go right to the first trailhead and you know kind of head north or end their uh, their hike at that point i guess but you know you were determined to conquer that trail yeah and um actually on that note one of the things you said right at the end of your film is i quote i don't just want to hike this trail i want to conquer it and like i said that end part really stuck out to me you know, I, you, the emotion that you were feeling was very, very obvious, especially in that, you know, kind of final shot where you uh-huh. get up to the sign and you're kind of like, okay, you know what, after all this, uh, all this bullshit, all these failed attempts, if I need to remind you again, keep, yeah, no, keep going, it's fine. <laughs> this is kind of turning into a little meme for this episode, but yeah, you were clearly uh, very emotional about it. Uh-huh. Uh, super stoked, obviously. So I guess my question is, when you're walking through Northville, you know, you finish the wilderness section of the trail. You just got those last couple miles on the pavement Ugh. doing that uh, roadwalk thing, which uh. I know you love so much. <laughs> so what's going through your head there? You know you're that close after all these struggles. You know, what's what's going through your mind there? Well, you got to remember, too, it's a protracted thing because it's like four miles. And, you know, that's an hour to an hour and a half depending on... You know, because it's pavement, so you can really just pound it out. Right. Hour to an hour and a half, depending on, you know, how good my knees are feeling, my hips are feeling when I hit the pavement. Um, so you got a long time to think about that and a long time for it to build and a long time for the impatience 
to build. It's like, I need to get this trail done. I need to get this trail done. And the whole time I'm saying to myself, patience, 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 patience. Just ride it out, ride it out, you know, calming myself so that I don't end up into a, you know, an all out sprint and destroy (laughs) myself in 10 minutes. But, uh, you know, as I was getting closer and closer, I was getting more excited and more excited and you know, the emotion started to build as I was crossing the bridge because there's this big, beautiful bridge. I got a really good drone shot of it too, actually, um, or a half-decent drone shot of it. Other people could take better drone shots than me, but it was a pretty <laughs> good drone shot over the bridge. And hiking over this bridge, it's like, okay, here it is. I'm coming to this trailhead. Finally, I'm going to finish it. And it just all the emotion, all the frustration and this little piece in the back of my head that was just haunting me about this trail for years and years and years. Uh, was just finally about to come to fruition. And it just, I broadcasted that live actually, which is why the, the last, oh really almost the last shot is like just weird like cell phone shot where none of my other shots were like that. I was going to say, I was I was somewhere in Virginia on the Appalachian Trail, so uh-huh. I did not see that, but that's oh, pretty cool. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I was broadcasting it live on my Facebook at the time, uh, the Trekking on Facebook page. And, uh, you know, two people saw it, but whatever, it was fun. And... Uh, <laughs> So I was, that's why the shot's a little wonky. And because I, I didn't want to set up a shot and then walk into it because that's not... You wanted to capture that raw emotion. You didn't want to stage anything. Yeah, it wasn't authentic. I hate staging stuff. I try to avoid it at all costs. It's like if you see me climbing up something, it's because I'm climbing up it for the first time. If you see me going over a bridge, hopefully it's because I'm going over that bridge for the first time. Then I have to go back and get the damn camera. But <laughs> that's why I have a drone now because I can bring the camera back to me. Oh, Really? Yeah, um, it's not easy to use necessarily, but yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. The idea I've never it. heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. I didn't use it as much on that particular trail. My newer films that are coming out in the in the preceding months um, will have a lot more drone activity on them. Um, cool. So you can look forward to that anyway. And yeah, just that that emotion just spilled over and just came out, and it was totally authentic. I wasn't forcing anything. I was feeling everything, you know. No, you could you could really tell from watching it that I mean, it all just kind of came out there. Um, I gotta say, <laughs> I'm generally not a very emotional person, so this is it's kind of weird for me to talk about. But uh-huh. that 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 shot kind of like instilled something in me. I don't know. Um, originally, after my failed attempt on the Northfield to Placid Trail, I was thinking that I would just go back and do that last 30 miles just in a in an overnight, you know, on a weekend or something. It's really only, like I said, it's probably only about an hour and a half, two hours maybe to Lake Placid from where I live in the uh, Burlington, Vermont area. So yeah. that was that was my plan originally. But, dude, there's just something about that shot and, and I guess just the film in general that kind of made... I know I said this to you last night when we were chatting. Uh-huh. It kind of made me want to just go back and just redo the whole thing, like do a proper end-to-end through hike. And uh-huh. I think I would honestly probably do the uh, the road walk at yeah. the end or the beginning, depending on what direction I go as well. So yeah. I don't know, like a lot of inspiration it, today, Tuts. Like, I don't know. like I, <laughs> <laughs> It's good stuff, man, for sure. I greatly appreciate that. I really do. Um, and and I, I hear that sometimes and it always like warms my heart and helps me to reaffirm sort of why I'm telling my story, you know, because I came from some, some, some sort of tough areas sort of emotionally, not, not a tough area sort of physically. You see my neighborhood I grew up in, it wasn't a bad neighborhood at all, but a lot of trauma in my, in my young life. 
And it's like, I don't want, I want people to, I want to help people to rise over that. And in a, maybe in a very self-serving way, I guess, but because it helps me feel like maybe my life has been worth it. Maybe I went through all that for a reason. So when I hear that sort of stuff and it's rare, but when I do, it always makes me feel very happy. So thank you very much for, for telling me that. No problem. And uh, thank you for pumping out the good content. I know lo- a lot of people, I'm sure you're, you've experienced this yourself, love to just kind of live vicariously through those YouTube videos, you know, when you're mm-hmm. sitting in class or at work or, you know, just kind of wasting time on the weekend or whatever it is, especially yeah. during the winter, if you're me, um, it's, it's, it's great to kind of go through and almost experience some of those things through the, uh, the content that not just your, uh, yourself make, but you know, lots of other uh, great filmmakers on YouTube, mm-hmm. lots of, uh, through hiking filmmakers make so mm-hmm. it's it's good stuff man we're at almost an hour here so i kind of want to start to wrap things up sure so before we go i kind of want to give you a chance to plug your facebook and any other social media that you may or may not have and uh, tell people where they can go and check out your stuff well yeah i mean if you if you enter trekking on on youtube you know all my stuff comes up quite quite simply please Give me a subscription because I don't have many of those. And, uh, Facebook, it's uh, Tuts Trekking On, at Tuts Trekking On. And uh, I have a website, trekkingon.com. I got it early enough to be able to actually get the .com, so yay me. So, there you go. Back in 2010, I believe, I got that. So it's been a while now. Yeah, you've been at it for a while. That, that's another thing, actually, I meant to say at the beginning is you – I don't I don't, I don't want to say you were, like, the first. Uh-uh, not even I'm close. not sure – but I don't know, at least from my understanding, you were among the first, I don't want to say vloggers because you don't really vlog, but yeah. one of the first filmmakers, uh, through hiking filmmakers on YouTube, which I think is, you know, how I kind of found you. So mm-hmm. I don't know. My last question here, I know at the end, or maybe it wasn't at the end of your film, maybe it was on Facebook, I can't remember, maybe it was both, I can't remember, but you said that there was a... More to come for Trekking On very soon. Is there any chance you can give kind of a sneak preview of what's going on, what what the uh, future of the YouTube channel and your content holds? Any any exciting films coming out soon that you can uh, spill the beans on? Yeah, absolutely. So I got three more major films coming in the next three months. Uh, I'm going to do one a month. And then, of course, there's a preview that comes the week before the release. And then I'm going to do a companion video the week after. So... It's going to be sort of like this, where you know my viewers get a chance to ask me any questions that they want, and um, I'm going to review the trail itself, sort of like what I did here, uh, and um, also give anybody a chance to ask any questions about the actual that particular trail, and um, you know do something like that. And my films that are coming out are the adventure, the three other adventures I did over this summer. I did a a trip uh, down in Kentucky on the Sheltowee Trace. Another trail that I had a failed attempt on. And, um, oh, that's a theme for me, dude. Uh, <laughs> you don't, I'll, I'll get it eventually. Like I always, you know, if I fail at something. That's all that matters. First attempt in learning. Just remember that. Fail. There you go. First attempt in learning. And uh, I got a, a fishing uh, expedition I did throughout the state of Maine looking for lake trout or toad as they call them out there. Uh, and then I got, uh, and that's actually, I got a really lot of great footage of that one. And then uh, the last one is a five-day paddling expedition on the largest lake in the state of Maine, Moosehead Lake, where I was in a kayak 
kayak camping for five days on that nice. gigantic lake. Um, and that was quite impressive. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So everybody, go check that stuff out. Trekking on on YouTube and Facebook. Tuts999 is the uh, official handle, I believe. No, it's Trekking On now. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I still know you as Tuts999. Yeah. But like I said, I'm kind of an OG fan, so. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Trekking right. On, go subscribe, go check all that stuff out, especially the Northfield to Placid Trail film. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I will have a link to that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Tuts, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Thanks uh, thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate you, uh, the invitation. Of course. And for everybody listening, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. That's all for now. Have a good one.